We all deserve punishment, but Jesus died so that we might be found not guilty. And it's our job to go and tell everybody that good news. But how do we respond when they don't want to hear it? The sermon is entitled, When They Don't Have Ears to Hear. You know, Jesus often said, he that hath ears to hear, what? Let him hear. Well, what do you do when they don't have ears to hear? What are you supposed to do? I've been in a series on the commands of Jesus, and we just did Matthew 7, 1 through 5 last week. And I've I've got to be honest with you, I was going to skip verse 6 because I don't like it. It doesn't sound like Jesus. And I couldn't figure it out, and I really wrestled with it this week. And I think there's some wisdom contained here that we would do well to heed. Matthew 7, 6. I don't like taking one verse out of context, but I will place it in context before the sermon is over. This is what Jesus, words of Jesus in red. Matthew 7, 6. He says this. Do not give dogs what is holy. And do not throw your pearls before swine, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? Jesus said it. What in the world did he have in mind when he said this verse? Let's bow together. Father, help us to understand the intent of our Lord behind these words and to heed them as a command, as we ought to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, as I said, I've never liked this verse. I've never preached on this verse. I've never heard a sermon on this verse. And when I get done today, we might wish that were still the case. This verse just doesn't sound like Jesus. It doesn't. Everywhere else, he's talking about scattering the seed as far and wide as possible. Everywhere you go, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. But now here he says, be careful where you go, and where you cast. But don't take this verse out of context. Because last week, Matthew 7, 1 through 5, do you remember? It was the passage on judging. Judge not that you be not judged. And then Jesus told that uh, humorous illustration of someone walking around with a beam sticking out of their eye, talking to another person about a speck in their eye. And Jesus says, first deal with the beam in your eye and then help your brother with the speck. It's a cautionary word on judging. Be careful how you judge. So I've come to realize that now Jesus is balancing that command on judging, that warning about being quick to judge, because now Jesus talks about the dangers inherent when you don't judge, when you throw out indiscriminately what is holy to dogs, and what are pearls to swine. So this is a counterbalance to the, to the words Jesus gave us on be careful how to judge, when you judge. And now he's saying, be careful when you enter into an area that might not receive you well. So when Jesus said don't judge in the previous verses, now he's saying, That doesn't mean don't think. Don't be careful. Jesus never arbitrarily excluded anyone from the reach of the gospel. 
He said several times it's never his father's will that anyone should perish. But he also recognized there were times when there was no opening for the gospel, no opening for his ministry. And so he moved on and he told his disciples to do the same. And in your worship bulletin, I gave you three examples where that was the case. One of them in Matthew 10, 14, just one verse over, he's sending the 12 out. You remember he sends them out and in verse 14 he says, if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, do what? Shake the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. And then in Matthew 13, verse 57, you're familiar with this one too. Jesus is in his own hometown of Nazareth. And his mother and brothers come to get him because they think he is crazy. They think he's beside himself. And Jesus responds by saying this in, in verse 57, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And so he recognized the fact that there were times when his word would not be received well by those to whom he was giving it. Here's one more. Over in the end of Matthew's gospel, chapter 26, verse 63, he's being interrogated by the high priest. He's standing before Caiaphas. And the high priest says, tell us right here, right now, whether or not you are the Christ, the Son of God. And what does it say? Jesus was silent. He was silent. What's the point of giving what is holy, of spreading pearls, when it's not going to be understood or appreciated, and it might even be twisted in some way? What's the point of continually beating your head against a brick wall? So the more I, I study this verse, the more fascinating it becomes. So let's think about it. First of all, let me give you a little background. I love background in the New Testament. Dogs and swine were two animals particularly despised by the Jewish people. They were both considered unclean. You remember the strict dietary laws for the Jews, the food laws, the kosher laws? Well, you throw some scraps of food in front of a hungry mongrel and he'll scarf up about anything. Now, Jesus is not talking about sweet little lap dogs that we have here in America. He's talking about nasty mongrels that survive in packs and forage for food by scavenging on scraps. That's the kind of dogs he's talking about. And the pigs he's talking about are, are still considered unclean by the Jewish people. So they have the kosher food laws that forbid the eating of any kind of pork. And so the two animals together, the dogs and the swine serve as a model for everyone who is savage and vicious and held in abomination. And Jesus pictures a man holding a sack of pearls, confronting a pack of hulking hounds and wild pigs. And as the animals glare hungrily at the man, he takes out some of those pearls and sprinkles them in the ground in front of them. And thinking they're about to gulp down some bits of food, they pounce on the pearls they're hard to chew, they're, <coughs> they're tasteless, <coughs> excuse me, they're even unfilling. <coughs> so enraged, the animals spit out the pearls and turn on the man, excuse me, and tear him to pieces. What Jesus is saying is what is, what is holy must be referring to the gospel. And the pearls must be referring to the truths contained in the gospel. 
And it's no accident that Jesus refers to pearls and not just stones. Because the good news of Jesus is something that's priceless, like a pearl. Because this is God's world and there's nothing more important in this world than having your sins forgiven and being accepted by him. And nothing more wonderful in the way that God has accomplished this by sending his son to die on the cross on my behalf to pay the penalty for my sins. There is nothing richer or more important or of greater consequence than these pearls of the truth of the gospel. And I think Jesus is just saying here, be careful how you handle holy things. And I've given you some reasons why. I just kind of sat in my office this week and brainstormed, why would you be careful in how you handled holy things? First of all, because it can do more harm than good. I had a counselor tell me one time, and I've thought about this often, if someone has a headache and they need an aspirin, you don't ram that aspirin down their throat with your fist. You just don't. In other words, you cannot be pushy when sharing the gospel with a non-believer. And I've often thought about that old adage, you can lead a horse to water, but what? <coughs> you can't make him drink. And when I'm sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, I'm doing the best I can to explain why you need to be forgiven of your sins and how you can be forgiven and come to faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. But ultimately, ultimately, I have to leave that decision up to the person that's hearing it. And sometimes they just don't have ears to hear. You cannot force feed the gospel. I've seen and heard, and you have too, aggressive evangelists on TV who stand up and tell story after story about people who die and go to hell because they refuse to believe in Jesus and they get a few converts and they publicize those but they fail to announce how many people they turn off and turn away from the gospel by their manipulation and their stories. When it came to the gospel, Jesus was a wonderful salesman. And he told us to go out and spread the gospel. But I believe, and he believed, that, and that he led by example that being sensitive to the listener, engaging your approach appropriately will reach more people than being pushy and overly aggressive when they have already told you they're not receptive at that particular moment. Here's a perfect example. In Matthew 19... And I just thought about this this week. It's the story of the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus asks him what he knows from the Old Testament law, and he tells him, and Jesus says, well, if you would be perfect, go and sell what you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, in verse 21 of Matthew 19, and then come and follow me. And you remember what the rich young ruler's response was? It said he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. And what struck me about that this week is that Jesus let him walk away. Jesus could have chased him down and said, wait a minute, let's talk about this a little more. Jesus could have won any debate, any argument that he wanted to. 
But would the rich young ruler have really been saved if Jesus had to twist his arm to do it? Come to think of it, I don't know where Jesus ever got into an argument with anyone in order to convince them of the truth. He had the truth. He knew the truth. He could have presented the truth any way he wanted to. But he just presented it and let the holy things settle into the hearts of the hearers as they may. At the end of Matthew's gospel, I read where Caiaphas, the high priest, demanded to know if Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, and Jesus remained silent. Do you not think Jesus could have taken the Old Testament and used that to prove to Caiaphas that he was the Messiah? He could have presented a compelling argument using Scripture and wisdom that would have left Caiaphas tied up in knots. But would it have done any good? And so it says Jesus just remained silent, not giving what was holy and not throwing pearls to those who wouldn't understand or appreciate it or just make them angry. So that's one reason. You just, sometimes you just do more harm than good when you try to force it. As desperately as you want someone to be saved, as much as you love them and you want them to be forgiven and spend eternity in heaven with you, as much as you desire that, there are just some times when you can't steamroll the gospel over them. It'll do more harm than good. The second reason why Jesus might have said, be careful how you present the gospel is because the time is short. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Let me ask you a question. Shouldn't everybody have the opportunity to hear the gospel at least once before anybody gets to hear it twice? Let me say that again. Shouldn't everybody have the chance to hear the gospel once before anybody gets to hear it twice? Let me give you an example. <clears throat> and I thought of food because we Baptists relate to food. It reminds me of when we come to church for a covered dish dinner. We have a rule at covered dish dinners, don't we? Everybody gets to go through the line at least once before anybody gets to go through it a second time. Isn't that right? Don't get seconds until everybody's had a chance to go through once. And yet, we have people feasting at the gospel table over and over and over again, yet stubbornly refusing to believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior and accept Him while there are millions of people standing on the outside just waiting and hoping that someone will care enough about them to give them the good news of Jesus Christ at least once. At least once. All it takes for so many people in the world to hear, to come to faith in Jesus is just to hear it one time. And but we concentrate our efforts here in America in a nation that has become saturated with the gospel. And they've had chance after chance to hear the truth of the gospel and yet stubbornly insist on rejecting it. And we keep planting churches on every street corner when there are, street, when there are cities in other places of the world that don't have one church. Staying on and on in the company of those who ridicule the Christian faith is just not fair to the other fields that are waiting to be harvested 
Jesus said he is coming again soon. And he said the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. So concentrate your efforts where the chance of success is the greatest. Stop fishing in the hole where there, where there are no more fish. And start fishing where they'll bite at anything. Because they've never heard the gospel a single time. So if we really believe that Jesus is coming again soon, then, then we'll be out planting those churches in other places where they haven't heard the gospel once because time is short and the harvest is white and ready. But the laborers are just huddling together here in America instead of going out into the world to tell the lost what they need to hear just once. Time is short. The third and final reason is that you could put yourself in danger. A lot of you have seen pictures of wild boars, wild pigs, and it's not a pretty sight, particularly if you're standing in front of them and they start charging at you. It can be dangerous. That's what verse 6b says, um, lest they trample you underfoot and turn to attack you. An unrestrained pig does considerable damage. And likewise, people who are under the power of the evil one hear the gospel and they lash out in anger. Because, let's face it, evil exists in our world today. Satan is alive in our world today and he's doing anything he can to undermine the gospel. And when presented with the truth of the gospel, Satan has no argument to confront it. And so people do what they often do when they have no argument. They turn angry and get violent. Look what happened in Oregon Thursday morning. A man carried some guns into a community college and asked people to stand up one at a time and asked them if they were Christians. And if they said yes, he shot them on the spot. Evil exists in our world. It's a fact. And when evil is confronted by the love of Jesus Christ, it cannot compete. It's fighting a losing battle. That's why ISIS is so violent. It's because it knows they are perpetrating a lie. And and the evil does what it often does when it's fighting a losing battle. It turns to violence. And so Jesus says, when you go into new territory, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Be discriminating. Be careful. Now realize there are Christian missionaries all over the world. And some of them are in dark countries, Muslim countries. Fundamentalist Islam is dominant and their lives are in danger every day. And I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about those who become so irate when confronted with the truth of the gospel that they cannot argue their way in response to the truth of the gospel. And they get violent. So you can be putting yourself in danger when those pigs turn and attack you. Be ready. Be careful. Be wise. Be discriminating. When you carry what's holy, when you distribute the pearls to those who refuse to believe. It's the business of us Christians to share to tell what is holy 
and what are pearls to any and all who will receive. Go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. But Jesus says there is a limit to the time that is to be given to those who remain obstinate and reject what you have to say over and over again. There are times when we should remain silent and wait for a more opportune time when someone else may come along behind us in a better climate, when the ground is more fertile to share the gospel. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the growth. There's a process to people coming to salvation and you cannot do it all yourself, all at one time, even though you desperately want to. There are times when Jesus says sharing the gospel just does no good. It may even be counterproductive. It may even do more harm than good. There are situations when we need to persist in our Christian witness and be patient with sowing the truth of the gospel. And the harvest will come if we do not faint from cowardice or laziness. But what Jesus is simply calling for here is, is discernment. When faced with vocal opposition and violence, let our love and our holy Christian living speak for us. Keep praying for them. Someone you love isn't saved, keep praying for them. Keep loving them. Don't give up on them but just nagging them more and more and over and over again may do more harm than good. One final thing I want to point out about this passage I think is significant. Jesus spent five verses, Matthew 7, 1 through 5, on judgmental people and only one verse on those who lack discernment because he knew we would be more prone to being judgmental than we would be to lack discrimination, discernment. Several times Jesus says, he that hath ears to hear, what? Let him hear. That would imply that when they don't have ears to hear, move on. There are others that need to hear. The fields are white. The time is short. And focusing on those that are obstinate and refuse the gospel may do more harm than good. But you leave the door open for the next one who will come and share a witness for Jesus Christ. And hopefully, prayerfully, find the ground more receptive to that seed than when you left it. That's what I think this verse means. I still don't like it. But Jesus said it. And he wants us to be wise in how and when and where we present the gospel. Everybody needs it. Not everybody wants it. It's just a fact. So take it where they do want it. Let's bow together. Father, there's nothing that we can make happen if your Holy Spirit does not precede us and soften the ground 
and make it fertile for the seed of the gospel. And so we need to have discernment. We need to exercise caution and wisdom in how and when and why we go forth casting the seed. You said there would be some that fell on hard ground and some that fell among weeds and some that sprang up and didn't have the depth of soil. But you did tell us just to keep casting. And here you say, be careful because sometimes you can do harm and sometimes time is short and sometimes they can become violent. Help us respond in love. And when they don't have ears to hear, help us just to keep praying and be patient and maybe wait for the next one to come along who might express it differently, who might find the heart more open and softer to the gospel because we had gone there first and prepared the way. Help us be faithful in telling any and all that we can and yet being sensitive and alert and discerning when they don't have ears to hear. Give us wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.